0: The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. In the film 310 to Yuma, Ben Wade, who is the outlaw, the bad guy in the film, he tells Dan Evans why he never started down that path of goodness. And so he says this, Yeah, that's why I don't mess around with doing anything good, Dan. You do one good deed for somebody, I imagine it's habit forming, something decent. See that grateful look in their eyes. Imagine it makes you feel like Christ himself. Like the Apostle Paul, the author of Proverbs Finds truth in unlikely sources. And so he never limits his search for truth to a single group or single viewpoint. But instead searches for truth wherever he looks, wherever he goes. And so truth is found in pagan poets. It's found in Egyptian wisdom. So it it would be no surprise to Paul or the writer of Proverbs that we find truth on the lips of an outlaw. And this truth is similar to to others found in ancient wisdom in the Bible. For instance, Aristotle said virtue is not an act, but it is a disposition, a habit. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 5.14, But solid food is not for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. And so the book of Proverbs introduces us to a way of life where our habits become either virtues or vices. And we discover that Ben Wade, the outlaw, was correct. We do not think our way into a new way of living. We live our way into a new way of living. And so what we do, and especially what we make a habit of in our lives, Uh, this forms who we are as a person. What path will we choose? Will we be counted among the wise or the foolish? And this is a question that is at the heart of the book of Proverbs. And throughout its pages, much ink is given to describing virtues and vices. And so in the coming weeks, what we'll do is we'll look at some specific passages from the book of Proverbs. We'll take some chunks of of text and we'll kind of explore those. But but this morning, we're going to take a, a broad look at what this book teaches regarding virtues and vice. And so Proverbs is a book of ethics. It's about what to do and what not to do in certain situations. It is about how to live our life wisely and a wise person is able to adapt to change. He or she is able to navigate the difficulties of life. And we never know what life will throw our way. But a wise person is able to handle these situations in a mature way. He or she does not panic, but, but faces the circumstances in a way that, that is admired by others and in a way that also brings glory to God. But wisdom does not happen on its own. A person does not all of a sudden wake up one day and realize they are wise. It takes practice. It takes training in the virtues that we find in this book. It takes dedication. But eventually, the habits that we give ourselves to, they do turn into virtues. And this allows us to to live wisely in a complicated and dark world. One of the challenges we face in our culture is that virtues are not prized as they once were. Marilyn Monroe, the famous actress, once stated, in Hollywood, a girl's virtue is much less important than her hairdo. And and sadly, she was correct. A hairdo or a dress is likely to generate more news than a virtuous character. And this isn't just true of Hollywood. When we go to the the checkout aisle at the local supermarket, we're surrounded not by a a group of journals or, or, or magazines that discuss the finer points of virtue. We're surrounded by magazines and tabloids dedicated to hairdos, dresses, and other forms of fashion. And if we think... That this does not influence our children, our community, and even ourselves, then we are naive. Our culture values the superficial over the internal virtues that are described in a book like Proverbs. So that's why it's important that we take the time to, to look at what is in this book. That's why it's important to instill virtues in your children. And to have discussions with them about what really matters in life. And this is even one of the purposes of the church. We are a community that helps one another on this pursuit towards a virtuous life. At the same time, we acknowledge that we all have vices. We all have parts of our lives that are not conformed to the image of Christ. We are a work in progress. And so we come together and we encourage one another to press on and to continue to pursue the virtues that God has given us. So what are these virtues? Well, again, we don't have time to look at all of them, but I want to to give you a list of some of them. And so if you look at your handout there, I'll just read through a few of these. And again, this isn't even an exhaustive list of the ones found in Proverbs. You'll find others. And so self-control, humility, humility. Patience, diligence, integrity, prudence, faithfulness, generosity, cheerfulness, love, love of enemies, contentment, considerateness, compassion, courage, trust, friendship, respect for the poor, respect for parents. And then you'll notice there's a whole list of virtues and vices regarding speech. That's because what we do with our tongue is important. It's also something that's difficult to control, and so there's there's categories just for speech. There, um, these are the virtues that that God wants us to have. And again, this is not an exhaustive list. If you read the the book of Proverbs from cover to cover, then you're going to find some virtues in there that, that I don't have that on that list, or that I, I will not mention. Um, the the virtues on this list are not listed in any order. Um, but but one that is mentioned quite often, and one that I believe is of great importance because of how it applies to to other virtues and vices, is that of self-control. And you'll notice it's at the top there how many times it's mentioned just in the book of Proverbs. And and there's another virtue, restraint, that is closely related to self-control. Self-control is viewed as an essential quality for a productive life in community. And so if you cannot practice self-control, then your passions are going to run wild. You'll be given to things like fear, anxiety, anger, and lust, which you'll find on the list of vices. And these vices destroy community. They destroy relationships. And so self-control is one of those essential virtues that we all need. Let me give you a couple examples of this in the book of Proverbs. First of all, Proverbs 25 and verse 28 states, Like a city breached without walls is one who lacks self-control. And so the external defense of a walled city is compared to our eternal defense, which is self-control. Just like that, that city has that wall around it to protect itself itself. That's what self-control does for us uh, in our insides. If we lack self-control, then we're left vulnerable. Our our passions will simply war within us, and we'll be unable to control those passions, and that's going to negatively influence and impact our relationships and our dealings with others. And so the writer of Proverbs provides some specific examples of of when these passions are not kept in check and what they will do when we lack self-control. One of those is found in Proverbs 23, verses 26 through 28, where it says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. For a prostitute is a deep pit, an adulteress is a narrow well. She lies in wait like a robber and increases the number of the faithless. And so one one area of our life where we have to have self-control is with our sexual desires. When when sexual passions are not restrained, then then marriages and families are destroyed. A, A hasty decision has the potential of harming multiple lives. Not only that, this often leads to people being treated like objects or things rather than us properly treating people as persons created in the image of God. The virtue of self-control also has implications regarding our anger. And so Proverbs 16:32 states, "...whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city." And so the ability to control oneself is greater, according to the book of Proverbs, than the public conquest of a city. The person who has controlled the self has achieved more than the person who can conquer and control others. It's better to be able to control what's going on inside of you than even to be able to capture the attention of the masses. That's how important self-control is. Perhaps the most difficult thing to control is one's speech. And so Proverbs ten nineteen states, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And so in modern terms, uh, modern words, language, the one who never quits talking gets into trouble. One who never quits talking is clueless to other things that are going on. They're not sensitive to the situation that is at hand. They're not aware of the people that are around them. Failing to keep quiet and and to listen is failing to love our neighbor. And so self-control is critical in every aspect of our life. We must practice restraint when it comes to our sexual desires, when it comes to anger, when it comes to speech, but that's not all. The book of Proverbs also mentions that we must practice self control in regards to our appetite, in regards to our sleep, sloth, and even in regards to our thoughts. And so it's one of those essential virtues. But, it, but if we can learn to practice self-control, then our lives will truly be blessed. But virtues are not the only thing the writer of Proverbs is concerned with. He also speaks of the opposite. He speaks of vices. And so um, a vice is a bad habit that becomes internalized. Just like, the, book or, um, just like the, the virtues, the book of Proverbs contains many different vices. And so, again, you can look at your sheet there and here are a few of them pride, haste, laziness, jealousy, greed, insensitivity, inappropriateness, anxiety, gluttony, falsehood. And then there's a whole list regarding vices um, that pertain to speech. And one of the greatest sins of humanity, one of the greatest vices that we find on that list is pride. And and like self-control, Pride is is one of those vices that relates to many other vices and virtues. And so if you can guard against pride, then you're less likely to engage in some of these other vices. Proverbs 13.10 says, By insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. And so there's a direct correlation between pride and strife. And the sin of pride leads to problems. Insolence and pride, they stand in contrast to wisdom. The prideful person has contempt for others. The prideful person refuses to listen. But the wise person, that person gladly receives the counsel of others. They listen to what's going on. Notice also Proverbs 11:2, when pride comes then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. The two categories of people the book of Proverbs is most concerned with is the wise and the fool. And so there is the person who lives the virtuous life and then there is the person who gives themselves to vice. There are two paths. And this is a theme that you'll find pops up over and over again in wisdom literature. In this verse, the fundamental sin of the fool is compared with the fundamental virtue of the wise. The foundation for the fool, what they build their life upon, is pride. And the foundation for the wise, what we are to build our life upon, where we have to start, is humility. You cannot be wise and fail to possess humility. Just as every foolish person suffers from some level of pride. So if we want to live a wise life, then we must begin by, by ridding ourselves of pride and seeking to make humility an essential part of our life. Well, there's one other major difference between the fool and the wise. Dave Bland sums it up nicely. He speaks of the righteous and wicked. And these are different terms, but they are the the same categories. The righteous and the wicked could be the fool and the wise. And he says this, Righteousness and wickedness are relational terms. On the one hand, the wicked are those who advantage self at the expense of disadvantaging others. On the other hand, the righteous are those who disadvantage self for the sake of advantaging others. Now, I think that's extremely important, so I want to read it again. I want you to catch that. The wicked are those who advantage self at the expense of disadvantaging others. The righteous are those who disadvantage self for the sake of advantaging others. Just let that sink in for a moment. There are two very different ways to live. And which path we choose will determine whether we are wicked or righteous, whether we are wise or a fool. One way of living seeks to take advantage of others in order to benefit oneself. And isn't this the way of the world? And some of you here this morning have probably been the victim of this kind of behavior. Isn't this what one must do in order to be successful? I'm afraid there would be many who would say yes. But Scripture speaks of another way. And it's the way of Jesus. It's the way that that leads to a cross. It's a way that does not see oneself as the center of the universe. But seeks to think of the needs of others before one's own needs. And this way is not glamorous. It does not guarantee you fortune or fame. You may never see your name in the marquee lights. But I guarantee you this, it's a better way of living. It's not always easy. It's not our natural response. But it leads to blessing. It leads to true community. Leads to friendship. Leads to a better world. One way the Bible calls wise, and the other way, the Bible describes as foolish. And so the choice is up to us. We must either choose the way of the cross or the way of self. One way may or may not lead to riches and fame, but the other way is guaranteed to lead to blessings, and most importantly, eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we confess that life is often difficult. That we seek to be wise, but sometimes we just don't know what to do. We're thankful for... Your Holy Word, which guides us and directs us and which we can learn from and hopefully put these habits into practice and allow them to become virtues in our own life. We ask that you help us guard against vice in our lives. We confess that we're all sinful, that we all fall short, that we all have things within our life that you would not be pleased with. But we also want you to know that we desperately want to be better and that we desperately want to be conformed to the image of your Son. So help us with this. Help us to be a light in this community in which we live. Help us to be wise so that we can lead others to Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.